Hi everyone, Vincent here, and I'm joined by a very special guest today, somebody who contacted me for audio coaching last week, and I've spoke to him once, and we're going to be listening to his story today and trying to see how he can move forward from his current position. So I just want to introduce Ben. Welcome, Ben, and uh, please, please let everybody know your story and your situation. Um, thank you, Vincent. So my story starts in October. Uh, it's actually 8th of October, 2021. Um, my ex-girlfriend uh, broke things off um, with the unfortunate news that she had a terminal um, cancer diagnosis. Um, bit of a shock, as you can imagine. Um, and I was quite beside myself at the time at the prospect of basically losing her to that, um, more so than the actual relationship breakdown. I mean, the relationship breakdown was obviously there, but, but um, my first thought was with, you know, the fact that like, you know, potentially she wouldn't be here. Um, so it was a kind of very difficult situation to deal with. Um, basically from there, uh, she reached out. I, I went into no contact. I mean, she basically shut me, shut me out. Um, so I couldn't really do much anyway. Um, I did admittedly reach out to her family out of pure concern um, because I had been told that her family didn't know about her health, um, and this was something that I knew about. I'd been told about from early on in our relationship of two years. Um, and so I reached out to her family uh, basically for two reasons. Um, one was to rally as much support around her as possible. Um, and the second was to basically out of respect to her uh, parents and her family in general, and especially her father who had been really good to me. Um, and the last thing I really wanted was for him to think that I basically deserted her um, with the news that she was unwell. From there, I went into no contact, kind of uh, inadvertently in a way. Um, I just basically waited for her to reach out. Um, I got a reach out about a month later, um, give or take two weeks. I think it was around about November 15. Um, or we ended up meeting up in November 15, uh, 2021. Um, she reached out to me. She asked me to meet up. Um, she travelled up to meet me. We do live quite a distance away from each other. We kind of always have. We'd probably be at least 50 kilometres away from each other because we're on opposite sides of the um, city here. Um, and so she asked to meet up. We met up at a cafe up, up near me, so she came up my way. Um, basically, when we sat down, um, you know, it was all amicable. Um, I went there with the intent of keeping everything calm, chilled and you know, uh, friendly and, and playful. I say playful within reason because obviously she was dealing with a uh, health crisis. Um, but I just basically uh, had the intention to keep everything cool and, and not too serious and not discuss the relationship and not get into any of that. Um, and basically we sat down and she told me that um, she'd invited me there so that I could say whatever I had to say. Um, there had been some emails going back and forward um, from the time we broke up up until that meeting. Uh, so there had been some email communication going back and forward. Um, I didn't feel like I was begging or anything like that. There was just stuff that, um, you know, uh, clarification of different points um, in the relationship. And it was sort of going both ways as well. So 
Um, and I appreciated the fact that she was dealing with what was a uh, you know life-threatening situation, and she had told me that it was terminal. So she'd actually said to me, "I'm dying," uh, which is very hard to take. But it was, she hadn't said used the word terminal, but you know it means the same thing. Um, anyway, we met up. Um, yeah, I kept everything cool. She sort of said to me, I, I invited you here to have it out with me as such. And I sort of just sat there and said, no, I don't want to do that. I've had kind of a month to myself to kind of um, deal, deal with the breakup um, on my own. And I, I don't feel I need to do that, do that right now. What were your thoughts regarding the breakup situation? Obviously, you had been told about the terminal diagnosis, but what... What was her reasoning for, okay, she has this horrible diagnosis, but instead of trying to bring her loved ones closer, she, she ended the relationship. You know, did she explain why she wanted to do that? And when you met her, how did you feel in trying to kind of consider the illness on one hand, but also the breakup? I mean, how, how did all of that fit in? Um, so plot twist, um, when I reached out to her family, her sister comes back to me, um, like a, like within the day or a day later, cause I reached out to them via uh, Facebook messenger and, um, her mum and dad are like basically non-existent on, on Facebook. Her mum likes to play like, uh, Facebook games and stuff. And that's the only reason she has an account is for those, you know, cool little games that you can play on Facebook. Anyway, um, in amongst it, I, I sent the same, the exact same copy and paste message to her sister. And I will tell you what the message said, so that for the context of, of everything, um, I literally just said to the effect of, um, I know your family's going through a very difficult time at the moment with um, my ex's, and I'm not gonna say a name of course, but my ex's diagnosis, you know, insert her name. Um, I just wanted to let you know that I'm the only reason I'm not there for her is because she's pushed me away and she won't let me be there for her. Um, and yeah, that basically was the, the, pretty much my message. Um, the sisters come back to me within like a day and messaged me back and said, it's not true. Um, and I still have no evidence as such of one way or the other. So I'm just sort of taking that as being factual. I was freaking out, to be quite frank. Like, I was, like, literally freaking out. I mean, I've been told point blank that she's dying, and I was just beside myself. And I was, if anything, um, I, I wouldn't exaggerate by saying that I was potentially mourning the inevitable loss of her permanently. We've got the sister basically saying this isn't true. So we already have a potential element and we don't like to think of this, we don't want to paint somebody in a bad light, but we have to consider the possibility that your ex created this diagnosis as an excuse to end the relationship, which, if, if true, is obviously a horrific way to behave. Now, what we don't know is, is who is telling the truth. Is your ex telling the truth or is her sister telling the truth? Or is there something lost in translation where maybe the sister didn't even know the severity? I mean, what we don't know, I suppose at the moment, we, we, we can't say for certain. I can, 
I can answer that to a degree. So um, I I would look at it from the point of view that I have no real reason to believe that the sister would have any reason to tell me that that was the case um, if she didn't believe that it was untrue. Now, having said that, the explanation that I got later on, so after I met my ex um, for coffee in November, which is where we were up to, um, I asked her, I said, oh, how, you know, how's things and everything? And initially she said to me, I asked about her health. I mean, of course I would, you know, like, who wouldn't? And she basically told me straight point blank, that's none of your business, which took me, it took me aback. And I kind of just gave her a look where it was kind of like, I knew what I was thinking. I was thinking like, if you're going to, if you're seriously not, I didn't say, I didn't have to say anything. I literally just looked at her and she got the impression from my look that it was like, if you're not going to talk about that, then, you know, like, what are we here for effectively? I, I don't even know how to communicate that because I'm not, not one to really do that kind of thing. But I just, I knew what I was thinking in my head and the look on my face must have just expressed to her straight up. You better, you better give me some answers here, um, or you know, I don't know. I think I said to her, the, uh, to her, to her of the effect of I don't know why we're here. Um, at that point, around that point, and I think that's what got her talking. And she, uh, the, the look I gave her, she kind of just started talking about, it and she started breaking down and crying. And she's like, I've got surgery in February, uh, surgery in like December, I think it was at the time. And then they got postponed to February, but it was COVID. She said it was due to COVID and the COVID situation, which made sense. Um, but to answer your question in terms of the validity of that of that story, what happened was after we met up on that Sunday, because uh, I'd reached out to her sister again after that. And the reason I reached out to her sister after that meeting was to just tell her sister, hey, we've met up, everything's good. Because her sister had been very much like, oh, be cautious, be cautious. And so I messaged her sister and I said, look, we've met up, everything's good, it's all it's all good. And I was like, just wanting her sister to back off if, you know, if, if, because from the conversation we'd had at the cafe, I was kind of satisfied with the answer that I got, um, which was basically that she hadn't told any of the family because she didn't want to stress anyone because her mum and dad do actually suffer from, they both had cancer and that's categorically true. And I know that to be true. So it kind of makes sense why she may not tell her family because it's an extra burden and extra pressure on them when they're going through their own health battles. And her housemate, her housemate's mother happens to have breast cancer at the time. So it kind of made sense. So I, I left that alone. I've messaged the sister afterwards and I've said, like, everything's good. We've met up and she's told me to uh, still be cautious. And I'm like, all right, that's interesting, but okay. Yeah, I mean, you could say the plot thickens a little bit because, you know, we we don't know who is telling the truth definitively, but in your position, you're probably thinking, I love this woman, I would like to get back together, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. So how did things progress from that initial meeting when you kind of said, you know, I want some answers etc etc how how did things go beyond that point she dropped me off home you know we hugged she was quite emotional she's like i miss you and all this sort of stuff um 
one weird part, weird thing she said to me, and, and it's, it's this thing about, uh, I don't want to get too much far down the rabbit hole here, but it's the thing about trusting my own intuition to a degree. Because one thing she said to me when she dropped me off and we hugged and she was quite emotional, um, and uh, she said to me, oh, if you need, you know, you're a man, if you need to, you know, go meet other women or whatever, because I'm dealing with my health condition and, you know, men, men kind of have to do that. And you can, you know, do that if you need to kind of thing. And I turned around and I said, well, I haven't been like chasing hookups or anything. Like obviously I'm paraphrasing here, but I basically said I haven't been chasing being with other women since we broke up. Why I don't need to. Like it's not something that if I wanted it, basically what I said to her is if I wanted it, I would have already done it in this type period of time. It's not the way I'm wired. Like, you know, we've only just broken up. I've got a good, it, it might, I might be old fashioned. I don't know, but I always give people a grace period and I tend to give, I've given her a good two year grace period, which is the longest, but I always will give it a good, you know, few months at minimum up to sort of six months to see where things go before I move on. I mean, part of that's processing everything, as you can probably appreciate, but I'm not about to go jump into bed. I want to keep this PG for your podcast, but I'm not about to go and be with other women off the bat, straight off the bat. But the thing that with the Vincent that got me with that comment was I kind of thought to myself, and I could be on the wrong track, but I kind of thought, is that her telling me that that's what she's doing? Um, don't know if I'm on the right track with that, but it was something that kind of stuck in my mind and I sort of took it as like normally when people accuse you of cheating excessively or different things like that, they're normally, I'm not saying she was cheating, I'm just saying that when people normally throw those things at you uh, a lot, it's often them projecting. Now, that's what I'm trying to get to. I don't didn't know whether that was the case. So I had to kind of take it with a pinch of salt and leave it be, but I did tell her that's not what I was looking for. Um, and somehow she came up with the idea that we were going to, I don't want to get too far ahead here, but some, somehow she came up with the idea in the conversation that we were going to sort of like have a six month period. I think it was because she said, and this struck me the other day when I was thinking about it, I think it was because she said she was dealing with a health condition and I was, and she had surgery in like December or so, and then had been pushed back to February or however that happened. But she basically said something about a six month period. And I've kind of just gone, yeah, no worries, or not no worries, but like kind of like, okay, meaning like, okay, I take in what you're saying. And somehow she came up with the idea that we were going to have like a six-month period where we were going to sort out our own stuff and come back together. And I still to this day can't work out for the life of me where that six-month period idea came up, it came from, because I didn't suggest it. The next sort of point of contact from there was I did no contact about three or four times and she responded to that no contact repetitively. So we, ba we basically met up. Um, so the second time that we that she reached out, we ended up um, making contact was four months after that initial meeting in November. So it's basically the fifth, uh, what are we, the five month mark basically. Okay, okay, Ben. So when when she reached out to you, and you know it, it's about four or five month mark, how did things look then? I mean, what was the situation with her health, and what was the situation regarding what she and what you wanted from a potential reconnection? Directly after that meeting at the cafe in November, she um, actually rang me after I reached out to her 
sister and she'd gone, why did you reach out to my sister again, right? And I said, well, because I was just trying to let her know that everything was cool. She goes, Ben, she doesn't know, right? And I went, okay. And she goes, I owe you the most, the first thing she actually said on the call was, I owe you the biggest apology. And I was like, wow, okay, I'm getting an apology, which was new. And she said, um, my sister doesn't know. Um, now I'll have to call her and sort this out, right? So she gets off the phone and calls her sister, calls me back, and basically reiterates the fact that, like, please don't reach out to my family, you know, about this again kind of thing. But she also had very sincerely apologized to me about the misunderstanding and the fact that she basically, the way I took it was the fact that she basically hurt me by breaking it off the way she did with the with the, the how how bluntly she broke it off basically is what the way I interpreted it. Um, moving along, um, she had surgery in February of um, 2022. Uh, it was like around about the 26th of February from memory. Um, and then after that, her whole attitude changed, and it was almost like. I've got the um, bill of clean health, we're good to go kind of thing and try and sort this out. Like she didn't exactly say that, but that's basically like the attitude that she came with. And um, what had happened was um, around that time in early 2022, we had a massive lockdown here and I had to basically find new work. And what I found was um, a call center job um, and I went into that. And she saw that on my um, LinkedIn. Um, I didn't do that intentionally. I uh, just updated my LinkedIn to say I'd got this new role. And everything changed because she came pursuing me hard. And like she's like, oh, I'll meet up. I'll come and see you at your work. And I mean, she does work a little di- a bit of a distance from the city. But she's like, I'll come to your work. I'll meet you there. When are you free? It was very full on. Um, and it was her very much pursuing. And I took that as being um, the fact that I changed jobs and she'd seen me as, um, she'd been there for me, but she'd seen me as unstable in terms of my income because the industry I work in is very seasonal. Um, and I understand that, but uh, um, it changed the dynamic and she was very much like, you know, I want to see you, I want to see you, I want to see you. And I had to delay that by a couple of weeks and I ended up spending the weekend of Easter 2022 at her house. What's interesting, Ben, on this situation is on our call when we spoke last week, I remember you saying that it was your belief that one of the main reasons she ended the relationship was because she didn't feel that you were maybe kind of financially stable or, or whatnot due to your, your job, which is very seasonal, until, like you say, you got a new job in a call centre and then she automatically, it seemed, started to become more interested. So when she ended the relationship and it coincided with her saying, I've got this terminal illness, was she kind of saying, look, I've got this terminal illness, I don't want you to kind of see me decline, we need to break up? Or was she just almost, was it almost... A, a sad coincidental thing she was saying I, I don't think this is working because of your of your seasonal work but you know I'm also going through a lot of health problems so I just think we should break up so what I mean by this what what the question I guess I'm asking 
is do you think it was your unstable work life or do you think it was her illness which was the main reason she gave to break up? I suffered from severe anxiety due to a workplace bullying situation, something I never believed in, um, basically for the good part of the last 20 years. Now, that sounds excessive, but, like, I really had no anxiety issues before I went through this roughly six-year period of a workplace bullying situation, and I came out of the other end um, with severe anxiety that I've dealt with for since the early 2000s. Um, and as a result, I actually don't drive, and I've had a lot of anxiety based around that. I mean, I can drive, but I haven't. Um, I've no, not held a driver's license now. I know that sounds crazy, but um, that's been the case, and I basically I think that was part of it. Now, I can see two things here, and I don't want to sort of speculate too much, but I can see it being partially my, my income and my financial position um, because I know when I met her, I was struggling a little bit, um, and I can see that being part of it. But I also think potentially it was too because she expressed in her emails that um, I can't be there for her when she was going to her, her appointments and stuff like that. And my response to that was, tell me which hospital you need to go to, tell me which hospital you're going to be at for your appointments, I will get a, an Uber. Like, you know, I have no problem. I Because what she didn't know at the time, to be fair, was that I'd been using Ubers and stuff. I'd only just started using Rideshare. And I'd been using them quite a bit, and I hadn't said anything about it because um, we live so far apart. And the thing about it is that I thought she would be uh, angry at me because, like, the amount of money that I would be spending to commute using rideshare. And so I thought she'd look at, at that as being like, you know, a waste of money and like excessive and et cetera, given my, you know, seasonal, seasonal, seasonal work pattern, et cetera. Um, I hope that all makes sense, but that's the way I looked at it. So I didn't say anything about it. Now, when she said I couldn't be there for her for her appointments and stuff, I said, look, you just tell me where you're going to be or you tell me what hospital I need to go to. I'll get an Uber there. I said, I've been using them for a while now. And I don't know whether she took that on board or picked that up or was caught up in the conversation or whatever, but I think she may have overlooked that point. I don't really know. But backtracking a little bit, I kind of, after the breakup, I felt like, I don't right or wrong, I kind of felt like, is there someone else in the picture? Is this like almost like a convenient, it sounds bad to say it, but I kind of felt like, is, is her health, if, if it's not true, potentially, is this just an uh, you know an excuse or a story to basically break things off with a valid or what's perceived as a valid reason? Um, I don't know. Um, but she did express that I couldn't be there, I couldn't take her to her appointment, stuff like that. And she had expressed the fact that I couldn't drive her to her, her appointments and things like that. So I see that being potentially part of the problem. Um, I've done a lot of work on that kind of stuff, but still, I can see that being part of the problem. So I think it could have been a good couple of things that might have contributed, but I just kind of felt like this, like, it's weird because I didn't, I don't doubt her in terms of her health per se, but there is a question mark over that. You know, when, when we hear this story, just as I did previously and the listeners are now, I'm sure, you know, your mind might be going back and forth like mine was regarding, you know, is Ben's ex telling the truth? Um, you know, one moment it seems like maybe she's not, then it feels maybe she is, 
Maybe the sister never knew the truth. Maybe the sister had a problem with Ben's ex and was trying to stir the pot. I mean, we don't know for certain. But what we do know is that unfortunately there was a breakup, but Ben's ex was always in and around, you know, a few months down the line, she reaches out, etc. So, you know, there is something clearly still between Ben and his ex. And as we move forward into 2022, we get to the current point of where we are now on the story, Ben, and and how, you know, you, you met up again and she was basically saying she had a clean bill of health, which is incredible and fantastic, especially, you know, since she did suggest that it was terminal, you know, putting that to one side, whether there was a miraculous recovery, whether she wasn't telling the truth, irrespective, right now, there are you, Ben, and your ex, and it feels like, but there's almost nothing stopping you getting back together. I mean, what happened from that point? Okay, so um, I spent the Easter weekend at her house, um, and we slept in the same bed, but there was nothing intimate. Um, it wasn't, I didn't try to push the point. I didn't try to, you know, obviously push anything. Um, I kind of was trying to take it at her pace. I was trying to keep it really chill, but trying to initiate some like physical contact because I kind of, I, I kind of felt like, hey, it shouldn't really feel too much different to what we were. And I don't know if I was ahead of myself. I didn't really feel like I was. Um, but she kind of brushed me off a little bit and she said, I think I have a cold. I don't want to get you sick. And I kind of took that as a you know valid reason why she wouldn't want to be um, you know, kissing me and stuff like that. It was probably, it, ironically, the best, uh, the most that we'd conversed in our whole relationship, which sounds crazy. And it was all just really good conversation. We agreed on a lot of stuff and we kind of were getting along quite well. I mean, she asked about my work situation and but she did say to me, I'm surprised that you changed jobs because you've done a lot of study to be in the field you're in. So it surprised me, which kind of seemed as a positive, but I don't, I don't know in hindsight. And then anyway, um, I, uh, she, you know, she was working while I was there over the weekend. Uh, she's got a strange hours. Um, I pulled a root system out that she couldn't pull out because I just wanted to do something nice for her while she wasn't there. Um, I vacuumed her car while she was there and stuff. I was trying to show initiative because one thing with me is while we were together, I just I'd come off the back of a three-year degree. I was um, exhausted. I don't know if that makes sense, but I was just physically exhausted, and I got a little bit on the demotivated side. To be honest, what it was it not demotivated. It was more a case of like when I went down to her place on the weekend, which would be at least fortnightly, and spent the weekend there. I kind of just wanted to chill out and spend time with her. I didn't really want to be doing like mowing lawns and doing all the housework and doing all that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, babe, can we just chill out and like, you know, spend time together kind of thing. And she kind of wanted to be a bit more active and do all of her things around the house and stuff like that. So it wasn't really, um, I'll be honest, like wasn't trying to be lazy, but I was just not really, uh, uh, enthused to be doing that kind of stuff on my weekend um, and I was trying to show when I went down for the Easter weekend that I was taking more initiative so I you know I was doing stuff around the house and I was trying to help her out and I pulled the root system out she couldn't get out and stuff like that and um, basically I spent that Friday good Friday through to Easter Sunday with her and then basically what happened was um, she wanted to pull a hedge out uh, outside and I was like I don't have the right shoes for it I brought down my good shoes I don't I can't use a shovel 
because I don't know, I don't want to wreck the shoes he bought me for my birthday. I explained all this. I spent a good part of three days with her, and I said, I'm going to go back home because I don't want to sort of, my thinking was, I don't want to sit there as a man and watch her struggle to pull out a hedge in her garden because she wants to do it on a Sunday and not be an active participant. Like, I, I felt like that was disrespectful. That's just me. Um, so I told her I was going to go home. I had breakfast. Um, she ni- nicely cooked me breakfast. I had that. And then I left about 10, 10.30 in the morning. And she made a point to that later on. Anyway, I'm going to wrap this up at that point. But um, that's kind of how the weekend went down. And then post that weekend, I didn't hear from her for about 12 days. And then when I didn't hear from her for, for about 12 days, I, I got a bit, I lost a little bit of control. I wasn't uh, aggressive, but I was lost a little bit of control. And I emailed her and I kind of said, well, because com- all our communication from the time we broke up, weirdly, other than that weekend, I might have even texted, texted her that weekend, but all the other communication from October, uh, from October when we broke up right through to that Easter was mostly email. And the only time we ever... T- she ever text me was um, for that day that we met up at the cafe and also for that Easter weekend, which I found the email thing a little bit on the weird side because I'm like, you got my phone number? Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that it was remaining an email communication, you know, to me, that shows that one or both people want to keep things fairly formal. And I think from what you have said, you would have been happy to definitely take things in a more relaxed, informal way. So the way and the reasoning as for for why she maintained these emails, it does seem like she was trying to keep some type of formality. You know, the, the, the situation that we see here with Ben is that there are so many things that we can't say for certain. Was his ex truly in a life-threatening situation? Okay, then moving forward, once again, an illness being brought up. Was this the real reason as for why she didn't want to be intimate after inviting Ben over for three days? You know, Ben probably had high hopes there could be some reconnection, yet there wasn't. Was it due to an illness again? Or was there something else in his ex's mind? You know, we don't know for definite on these, you know, and again, when we look at the communication, Ben's ex was determined to keep this email. And that is quite a sterile, fairly cold, you could say, style of communication. So all of the signs so far, whether there is a good explanation or not, does suggest that there is a level of distance being put between them. Now, is this because Ben's ex didn't truly believe that, that Ben could find the motivation to be a man of action, to be somebody with leadership qualities and to move forward and up the ladder in his life. You know, we don't know for certain, but Ben definitely recognises that his lack of motivation at times was something that his ex wasn't particularly happy with. So we now get to the scenario where, you know, it's it's a week or two after They'd been together for a few days. Email communication is what's going on. And Ben is understandably confused. Where is this going and what is happening? So so what happened from then, Ben? What happened from that point? 
just to highlight, she was the one that initiated the email communication. So that wasn't coming from me. That was coming from her. And I, know, I think you touched on that. But I was more like, I'm thinking, why is she not just texting me? She's got my number. Um, but anyway, I kind of felt, and I don't want to get too far down the conspiracy rabbit hole as such, you know, for lack of a better term. But basically, I kind of felt the whole email thing gave me the feeling that I was almost being hidden from whether it be her family or someone else involved. I don't know, but I kind of, that was the feeling I, I got wrong or right. Um, but anyway, to answer your question, after Easter weekend, the next reach out happened um, from memory. It would have been around my birthday of 2022, which is the 20, uh, 25th of June. I don't mind telling you that. Um, so the end of June, basically. And then there was sort of sporadic um, reach, reaching out from her because I kind of just kept going back into no contact. Um, and each time she'd reach out, I'd always reply. Um, I'd sort of to go the line of, oh, you know, hey, it's great to hear from you. Um, I hope you're doing well. Um, you know, when are you free kind of thing? So I did what what I've heard the majority of the coaches say to do and keep it cool, calm and casual and just um, invite them to meet up when they reach out. And I did exactly that each time. Um, so basically from August, so we're getting down a little bit down the track here, but basically there was these sort of consistent reach, reaching out about every month. It was really weird because it was almost like clockwork. Um, and so pretty much from August last year through till December, she reached out about four, three or four different times. And each time I did the exact same thing. I'm like, hey, it's great to hear from you. Not necessarily the same wording, but along the, along the same kind of sentiment. And I'm like, it's great to hear from you. Um, when are you free to catch up? And uh, I just basically, as I was told you on the call when we spoke uh, about a week ago, I just basically kept getting uh, essentially told no, but told no through excuses. So, you know, it was like, oh, I'm working or I'm not free that day. Or it was all basically all cent centered around her work and her being busy and her being busy with work. I mean, but the things that I'm picking up here, Ben, very interesting as well that you said you felt like you may have been hidden due to the emails. And there's absolutely something that we have to consider. And I know, you know, we were saying we don't really want to create a conspiracy of it and we don't know for certain, but certainly she was keeping a level of distance between you, despite wanting yeah. to communicate regularly. And that tells us, you know, there's something not quite right. So whether there was somebody in the background, you know, that is something which I don't think is unreasonable for you to think, because, you know, people are less likely to maybe check their partner's emails than perhaps their text feed. Not that I suggest that's healthy in any way, shape or form, but that's what some people do. And some people might think, well, emails are a way I can get away with this more. Now, it's interesting as well when you were talking about the reaching out almost feeling like clockwork. You see, I believe that the general time frame that people reach out does vary from, from person to person and relationship to relationship and breakup to breakup. But the average amount of time I see is around six months. So if somebody's reaching out at such regularity almost every month, I would suggest that shows a high level of interest. But on the flip side, when you're asking to meet 
after a bit of a positive conversation and she is always saying, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. You know, this is where it doesn't add up. And this is where we have to look at the situation and basically say, you were doing everything you could, Ben. You know, I believe that your responses to when she was reaching out was generally speaking as good as they could be. You know, keeping things positive, keeping things light, asking to meet. You know, she's reaching out to you. She's thinking about you. It's reasonable for you to ask that question. You asked to meet, and I wouldn't necessarily say straight away do that, but obviously the history between you, what has happened before, the constant communication, it's very, very understandable. And the fact that she kept batting it away, to me, tells us that there's something in the background, you know, adding to the whole email situation and adding to everything else that we have seen, there is something where she's showing a high level of interest in the regularity of contact, but on the flip side of that, she won't take it to the next stage. So something is holding her back. Something is making her feel fearful. So there's something that I should mention regarding that weekend, right? So after I spent that Easter weekend with her, um, I because I travel by public transport, I took um, you know I took a, a lot of my stuff down in my backpack, and I took um, some good clothes because one of her big complaints when we were together is that I always generally got around in track pants and sneakers, right? Which which is true because the industry I work in, I'll be I'll be up front. I know we haven't covered it yet. Not that it matters, but it's a fitness industry. So, um, you know, it makes sense that I would be in casual wear majority of the time. And because that was just easy to do, I would generally, yes, get around in track pants and sneakers a lot of the time. Um, and I did have some, like, better clothes at her house for going out and stuff. Um, but basically what happened, because we had obviously broken up, majority of that had already come with me. Um, but when I went down there for the Easter weekend, I took a nice, you know, pair of jeans and some good shoes and a nice shirt with me as well. And because I had so much stuff with me, um, I I thought, oh, I'll leave my, you know, good clothes here so that when I see her next, I've got something nice to wear to go out, right? My thinking was, and 100% hand on heart, I don't see that as territorial. I know some people think that it, it is, etc. That's not my style and that's not what I was thinking. I was literally just thinking she's always had an issue and I'm trying to show initiative here. This is my uh, view on it. So I'm like, it's more convenient for me to leave this stuff here. I didn't really have to justify it. I'm just like, all right, I'll leave this here. I'll put it in the cupboard. I'll leave it there. I leave and she's... Um, kind of uh, kicked up a fuss for the listeners because I can say it another way but a lot of people wouldn't understand with my Aussie lingo but basically she's kicked up a fuss that I've left my good clothes there and she's she said to me oh why did you do that now I don't want to get too far back into our history but she had sort of done a similar thing at my house once and it was just kind of like a joke like she said to me jokingly oh like you know so uh, I don't know why she said it. I thought she was joking. I would take it as a joke. But she said to me, oh, in case you know your other girlfriends come around. I didn't have any other girlfriends, just to make it clear. I'm not like that. Um, but I sort of laughed it off, and I didn't take it too seriously. I'm like, ah, 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 and I was actually amused, you know, like, oh, you know. And I kind of knew that it was lighthearted, but at the same time I sort of thought maybe it's something that she was just, you know, trying to sort of stake her claim so to speak or whatever whatever might be the case but I'm not like that so my reasons for leaving that stuff there was legitimate but she got quite annoyed about it 
And she's like, well, why did you do that? She actually said said that in an email. And she's like, um, uh, yeah, you know, why did you leave your stuff there? And I didn't really think it was even a question personally. I just thought, well, it makes sense, doesn't it? And I replied and I said, this is why I've done it, exactly what I've just told you. But it was just interesting because it was kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, is, is there someone else around that she doesn't want to see that? Um, anyway, I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole, but it was just a little tidbit that kind of tied on to the end of that um, get-together that kind of had me thinking, scratching my head a little bit, going, mm, I do wonder now because the emailing situation and then the clothes and the fact that she kicked up a fuss about the clothes being there. Anyway, moving along. Um, so you asked what happened after that. So the next thing that really happened was that a while, it was probably... I don't know, I reckon probably a good month or so, probably even longer, maybe even six, six, eight weeks. I think it was like close to two months-ish. She actually reached out to my mum to return my clothes, the clothes that I just mentioned. And I was like, I didn't really want any flying monkeys, uh, monkey situations happening. So I, I kind of kept my family out of it as much as possible. Um, my mum had actually reached out to her, un unbeknown to me early on, because my mum's last husband passed away from cancer many, many years ago. So my mum had sort of something that she could relate to my ex. And, and my mum really liked my ex, which is unusual for my mum. But there was that kind of thing there. And she'd reached out to her about the cancer situation. And my mum had spoken to her a little bit via messenger. And she started to query things of her own accord without any input from me. I said very little to my family about anything because I didn't want to I think, I think I might have heard you mention this at some point. I know I heard someone mention this recently. I didn't want to like badmouth um, my ex to my family at all and I had no real reason to. And I didn't really tell them exactly what was going on with what I'd been told by the sister because I didn't want my mum to dislike her. I didn't want any kind of like um, contention if we were trying to reconcile. And it was one of those things where I was like, if, if it ever comes up later on, it'll come up naturally it won't come up because I've told my family, if that makes sense. Um, so the, the next, to answer your question, the next point of contact as such was not with me, but was with my mum where she's reached out to her and said, um, where do I send these clothes to? And my mum's responded thinking it was my other ex that lived around the corner from her and said, oh, why don't you just come around? So my last ex, um, took the invitation and went to my mum's house. I wasn't there. They've sat down and had a cup of tea. And um, I've just like, I'm just, I'm baffled. But okay, I was like, why did she contact my family? But okay, no worries. Um, I, my mum had told me this was happening, but she'd only told me after it had been organized. She's like, um, yeah, X is coming up. And it's quite a distance. We're talking 30 to 50 Ks, depending whether she was at work or at home. So it's, still, it's quite a distance for her to travel to take those clothes to my mom's house, where she could have really just put them in the mail. Like literally, it was a shirt and a pair of jeans. So I was a bit baffled by that, because I'm like, that's interesting. They, um, they sat down, had a cup of coffee, uh, tea or whatever. Mum's asked her about her health and everything. Uh, mum sort of told me some stuff afterwards. And I said, all I said to my mum was, do you think she was fishing for information? Because my ex had asked my mum if I was seeing anyone. Um, she told her that, you know, she's working two jobs and she's trying to, like, you know, uh, build a house or she's wanting to build a house, which was something that was already on the cards previously anyway. She'd already been looking. 
Um, and it was just giving a lot of information really to my mum, I think. And it just, I asked my mum, what, what did you think? What impression did you get? And my mum and my younger brother sat there and said, um, well, you felt like it was an, a bit, bit of a fishing expedition to find out about where you were at. So Ben, how did you feel when you found out that your ex had actually met up with your mum? What was your feelings on that? I was, I was um, confused and a little bit... Um, I don't know if disappointed is a word, and I'll explain why, but I was a bit confused because it was kind of like she was telling me that I couldn't talk to her family, right? Not that I wanted to talk to her family a lot, but she had got grumpy about the fact that I'd reached out to her family about her being unwell. Now, to be fair, in hindsight, I can understand that because I realized that she probably would have seen that as an invasion of her privacy um, to a degree, and also to the fact that I, like, in a... I say inadvertently, obviously I did do it on purpose, but not in a malicious intent, not with a malicious intent. Um, I had, as you, as we would have covered, I had a valid in, uh, reason for reaching out to her family out of pure concern for her. So I felt it was justified and I didn't think it was wrong. Um, but I understand how she would have taken that as, as personal, a little bit personally, right? I get that, totally get that in hindsight. But the ironic part was I was baffled because I'm like, you're telling me that I can't talk to your family, but you're happy to contact my family. So I was a bit, um, I don't know if the word translates, but I was a bit miffed because I was kind of like, you know, this is, you know, not angry, angry, but just a bit like, oh, okay, radio. Um, bit weird that you reached out to my family. I felt like she she could have come. The thing that got me is I felt like she she could have come to me if she wanted to return my stuff. She could have contacted me directly, and she could have been like, "Where do I post it to?" At minimum, okay, which is kind of what she did to my mum. She's like, "Where can I post it to?" But she could have come through me. She's got my phone number. She had been emailing me the whole time. A little bit confused as to why she bypassed me and go to my to my family or to my mum. And I have my sort of, I don't want to get into it too much on you here because for the length of the, of the podcast, um, but I have my sort of feelings as to maybe why. I felt like maybe she was trying to sort of, she knew my mum liked her and she likes my mum, they're friendly um, and they're on good terms and there was no bad blood between them. So I kind of felt like maybe she was trying to reconnect with my family to a degree to um, maybe maybe feel out where my mum was uh, at with her in terms of the breakup and whether my mum sort of, you know, dare I say, hated her, which is the way she would probably put it. Yeah, I mean, I think, Ben, that there is another element to consider and, you know, I don't want to go down this this route of making you feel any more anxiety, which I know you suffer from, you know, when we're trying to consider all of the options, but... When we're considering everything else that's at play right now, one of the things which really stands out to me is the fact she doesn't want you at her property, at her house, unless she gives specific kind of, you can be here at this time, at this day, and, you know, a lot of control on the situation. If she reached out to you and said, I want you to collect your clothes, you perhaps would have said, right, you know, I, I, can, I can get to your house at this time and she's probably thinking I don't want Ben involved I don't want Ben involved even though I'm emailing him fairly frequently I don't want him involved knowing I want him to take his clothes because he might just come on his own accord and I don't want that and this I suppose connects with everything 
the illnesses, the fact it's just email all the time and nothing more, the sister and the suspicions, all of this adding together, this mystery about whether or not there's perhaps somebody else in the background. You know, the fact that she seems to be trying to keep you away, even though she's also trying to bring you closer. She's trying to balance this in a fairly unusual way, where she's reaching out to you regularly, but she's keeping everything so distant and, dare I say, cold, certainly sterile. You know, it is something else to consider. Did she not tell you about the clothes because she didn't want you to just turn up and collect them? That was highly... Um, so I don't disagree with you, and I totally understand where you're coming from, 100%, and I, and I don't reject anything that you just said, not by any stretch of the imagination. Um, what I will say is that that was highly unlikely because I would have to travel... Um, as I said, like the trip is, uh, from my, from where I was living to where she was living at the time. And we're talking all about 50 Ks by public transport. So I would have to basically get two trains. Uh, I'd have to get like a minimum two trains and a bus to get there. Um, so the whole, the, the, the idea of me going to her house, um, willy nilly without it being prior, uh, arranged prior like without me actually contacting her and going, hey, I'll come down at this time, um, would never have happened. Um, I, I get where you're coming from, but here's, here's the thing I, I look at with that is why didn't, the question for me is why did she not just contact me direct and say, okay, where do I, what's your new address? Where do I post these clothes to? Because I had moved house and, and she was aware that I'd moved house, but I, she didn't know my address. Um, it would have been really simple, I think, for her to either email me at bare minimum or text me direct, which looks like it was going to be the least likely. But in any case, it would have been pretty easy for her to just go, okay, what's your address? I'll just put these in the mail. So I'm not saying that she went out of her way to go to my mum's house. I think that was somewhat coincidental in a way because my mum invited her over. Um, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself and say that she, like, actively took advantage of that situation, but I do feel it takes a little bit of commitment to travel up minimum 30 k's to take a, you know, take a shirt and a pair of jeans to a, to, uh, to my mum uh, and then sit down there and have a cup of coffee, uh, a cup of tea or, or coffee. Um, but um, it wasn't going to happen that I just willy-nilly rock up at her house. Um and the other weird thing about that was when we first, um, when I first heard back from her sister, her sister said to me in amongst her message, she said, "Oh, um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to query her about, you know, I'm going to talk to her about, um, you know, the health situation, right? Uh, understandably, um, I'm going, you know, kind of like I'm going to ask her to uh, ask her to meet up," was what her sister said. And then her sister comes back and tells me that she had basically made out, like my ex had implied at minimum, um, I'm paraphrasing, but basically implied that I was stalking her, which is categorically not true. And I actually laughed at it because I'm like, I didn't say this to the sister, but I'm sitting there thinking, I'm not going to go to your, to her house at 9.30 at night when she finishes work, because she finishes work at 9 and she's minimum half an hour after that to get home, go by public transport for two hours or near on, an hour and a half minimum, and then sit there outside her house for her to rock up at 9.30 and then get back on public transport and come all the way home at God knows what time of night. So 
I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole with that, but that whole scenario of like me doing anything of the sort just doesn't make any sense, no logical sense. But I take on board what you're getting at. Yeah, I mean, it it's a fascinating, intriguing story with so many ups, downs and twists, you know, and, and as we progress, I mean, you know, we're not actually at the at the at the end where we are right now, even if it is, you know, whether it is the end. But moving forward from the fact that, you know, your clothes, but, you know, you did want them back. We need to just bear in mind, these are not, you know, a pair of socks. Like, these were expensive clothes. The, you know, you did need them back. Um, but, but, but the fact, the way it happened was somewhat strange. What happened from yeah. then on in, Ben? So basically after that, then I would still get random reach, reach, uh, reaching out. Um, so I can't remember exactly what like month of the year that was that she took those clothes to my mum's house, but it was, she reached out for my birthday last year. She reached out for my birthday this year. She reached out for Christmas, and I kind of want to bring this forward a little bit for you, but she would reach out for special occasions. So she'd reach out for Christmas 2022, um, there'd been reach, there'd been like one or two um, social media interaction stuff happened all the way from July through till December of last year, um, and like Christmas basically was the last time that she did that um, at, as of last year. And then what I did was um, because it was within a couple of weeks of her reaching out at Christmas. Initially, I, I responded. I did all that, but I didn't sort of push anything and I didn't ask to meet again because I was at the point where I'm like, I've asked by that point, by Christmas, I had asked three or four times to meet up and been told no every single time for whatever reason. And I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. She needs to be the one that asked me to meet up going forward. And that was my attitude. And so one of my friends convinced me to reach out to her after Christmas because I did respond to her at Christmas and I said, she said, oh, you know, Merry Christmas. I hope your family are well. And I've responded. I said uh, the same thing. I replied with the same kind of thing. Um, and she'd done that at the end of Christmas day, right? This was like nighttime. And I just purposely not initiated that contact because I, I had a feeling it was coming. And I'm like, I'll wait and see. I'm not sitting there waiting, but I was like, it might be coming because it's been pretty consistent with special occasions. And uh, to move along, um, so basically, I reached out in January, and January was the last time that I asked to meet up. And one of my friends suggested to me, oh, just reach out and say, you know, why don't we take the dog out, right? Something casual. So I did that, and I got told she didn't have a car. She'd had a bit of an uh, accident, and her car was in the mechanics. And so I took that on board as being the truth. And then, yeah, it just sort of continued on from there. And there was just these random reach outs all the way up until the, up until my birthday was the last reach out of 20, 2023 this year. So not that long ago. And then the last social media interaction that she had with me of her own accord was on July 29th, which was only a little bit over two months ago, basically. So as far as you're aware, Ben, is your ex single? Is there, is there any evidence either way? Because her behaviour is certainly showcasing somebody who wants you in her life, but only to a certain degree. You know, she reaches out consistently or certain a good number of times over the last 18 months. And every time you suggest to meet up, 
she declines it for one excuse or another. And, you know, I completely understand why you got to the stage of not wanting to ask anymore and thinking maybe she should be doing it. You know, I do suggest that after a few messages, maybe you, you, read, you, know, you, you respond and you actually ask, would you like to meet up? But ultimately, if she keeps declining you, I completely respect you're getting tired of this pattern and you're thinking, you know, why are you doing this? But then when she's not asking to meet up and your friend is saying, hey, why don't you reach out? You reach out, you ask to meet and once again, there is an excuse. You know, it builds a picture that she wants you within her life as almost like a pen friend and nothing more. You know, is she gaining something from this connection that is enough for her? Does she have somebody else in the background? You know, these are the things we're asking ourselves right now. And I believe for your own mental health, Ben, it's probably important to focus on making new connections. And I don't know what the future holds between your ex reaching out to you. But if your mental health is being affected by her constantly reaching out, her constantly rejecting you meeting up, then, and I don't, I don't say this lightly, but you may, you may need to consider blocking her because I think this is preventing you from moving forward with your life. You know, this has been a good chunk of time. We're talking a couple of years or so. And there seems to be sadly very little progress. And although I would never say never, and although I've seen crazy situations arise, normally that is maybe two or three years of no contact. Then somebody reaches out, then there's a reconnection. What we're talking about here is fairly regular communication that leads to nowhere. And although I believe you can grow breadcrumbs, you know, I strongly believe you can grow a small breadcrumb into something magnificent. When it comes to this stage of so many reach outs, the things that have happened in between when you went to her house, the clothes being given to your mum instead of you, the emails, the illnesses, and now her saying that she can't meet up again when you when you last reached out. I mean, what are your thoughts, Ben? And is there any evidence that there could be somebody in the background? I'm really, Vincent, I'm really glad you asked that question. I'm really thrilled that you asked that question, and I'll tell you why. Because, um, i got to be honest, as much as everyone says don't do this, of course I did this. So I did look at her social media. I'll be fair, I did. I didn't interact with it. I purposely didn't interact with it. I put no comments on anything. I put no likes on anything. I did none of that. But because I was like, where's it? Where's what's going on? Where's everything at? And I was sort of left with, and okay, there's brief, but I was left with that big question mark of like, you know, am I, I gotta be honest, am I being played was one of them. Um, and the other one was like, what the hell happened kind of thing. So, you know, it's not like I had no idea. I mean, obviously I've covered a lot of it in our conversation, but, you know, potential reasons why we broke up and stuff like that. And a lot of stuff came out in the wash in hindsight in the communications. And I went, oh, aha, right. I was right about that in terms of her motivations for breaking up, etc. cetera. Um, but to answer your question, so I, w- I hadn't watched her social media. I hadn't liked anything. Like I said, no interaction at all. Um, I'm really active on Facebook. Facebook is my main platform. I'm not really big on Instagram. I do have an Instagram account. It is a business account. I do very little on that. I, I mean, I do do very little on it, but it's all business related. 
but my point being is that there was nothing from my side that would indicate to her at all that I was looking at her social media. Having said that, there was no indication whatsoever that there was any other guy in the picture in that whole time, okay? But here where, here's where it kind of gets interesting. Um, and I know we spoke about this. So when I reached out to her a couple of weeks ago, um, it was about three weeks ago now, it was the 9th of, 9th of this month, so whatever that is right now. Uh, what's that, 20 odd days? This was just prior to me last speaking to you, as you know. And I spoke to a coach online and they convinced me to reach out and they convinced me that no contact was not the way to go in this situation, right? So once again, I took their advice, right or wrong. That's what I did. I've drafted an email, I've reached out and she's come back to me and I did, and basically what I said was to the effect of, you know, kept it really positive. I'm like, um, you know, we've had a good couple of years to kind of grow as individuals. Um, and, you know, I just think that it would be, a, a, you know, real strength. Um, and I'd like to, you know, kind of give this a go again and meet up with you. And I didn't lay it on thick. I didn't think I did. But it was, you know, along those lines. And she comes back with a response, um, you know, Ben, this is not, unfortunately, this is not something that I wish to pursue anymore. I've met someone, um, oh, sorry, I've started seeing someone recently and I've moved on. And I'm still, as much as this sounds insane, I'm still a little bit on the suspicious side of that because there was a couple of posts on her Instagram that were kind of love hearty type of stuff and they were like, um, I won't get too detailed here, but basically they were like, um, what do you call them, emojis or um, bitmojis or whatever you call them, like the avatars. And there was, I saw a couple pop up over the space of a couple of days and one was like a dog with love hearts and the other one was a picture of her avatar with a, you know, holding her hands in a love heart shape. When I saw the dog one, I sort of went, I had this like feeling of dread. I don't know why. I don't believe in, you know, I don't believe in psychics and all that sort of stuff. So if people do, great, but I don't. So I didn't really think that's what it was, but I just had this weird feeling of dread. I'm like, that's different. But I left it go because I thought, oh, it's got to do with her dog. And she posts a lot of stuff about the dog. And then, like, the next day or a day or two later, I see this one of her with, you know, her emoji with a love heart shape. And I was like, oh, okay, this doesn't look good, <laughs> right? And I didn't want to read into it too much, so I sort of let it slide. But there was nothing on there from any guy. There was nothing on there to indicate there was any guy involved. Um, I think she might have liked some guy, but I, other than that, no indication anywhere. And then she tells me she's seeing someone. So I kind of have to take that at face value and go, okay, that, that is the case, you know. I can't deny that. I just have to go, yeah, okay, that's the story. i got to believe that. But the weird part about it is since that happened, there's been no indication whatsoever of any guy on anything. Um, when her and I were together, um, she was pretty quick to want to post about us being together. And I know it's early days, but I guess... I'm guessing that this has happened somewhere between the 29th of, Ju of July and uh, a week or two ago, or the 9th of September, basically. So it's a good, what, 20-odd day period. But in, in any case, there's nothing to indicate that there's a, a third party involved, but she has categorically stated that she's seeing someone. 
So I kind of just have to roll with that and consider that to be true. I'm so sorry, Ben, you know, that you received that message, that confirmation, you could say. But is it confirmation? Is it true? Or is it lies? You know, and I think that is for the people who are listening to give their thoughts as well. Please let me know in the YouTube comments whether you think Ben's ex has been telling truths or lies throughout this whole saga. Um, You know, going back on what you just said, so Ben spoke to another coach um, before he contacted me who suggested he wrote this letter. Now, this isn't, you know, something that I would have necessarily suggested he did, but he, he did that, he made that choice, and we now have this response. Now, is it a truthful response, which is providing a level of closure, or is it a response through some level of frustration about receiving the letter? I mean, we don't know for certain. You know, there's certainly suspicions throughout the whole situation post-breakup, you know, and and you've, you've listened to many instances of when we are questioning whether Ben's ex is telling the truth or is lying. So, like I said, you know, those of you listening, please let me know in YouTube comments what you think about these elements. What I would say is that right now, you know, unfortunately, it's almost irrelevant. You know, in my opinion, this is a situation which is unhealthy for Ben's mental health. As I said a little while ago, I believe it's holding him back. I believe it's affecting his anxiety. And I believe it is preventing him from living his best life with somebody who can be more authentic with him. Now, I'm not here to say that Ben's ex was lying about everything, but I would be very surprised if she was telling the truth about everything. Again, you can make your own conclusions. But whatever we believe on this, Ben has now received contact to basically say, I've met somebody, I have moved on. Whether she really has, whether she has and it was really recent, whether she had and it was a year and a half ago. You know, for me, it's almost irrelevant. For me now, we have to take on board what has been said and Ben needs to consider what he needs to do to protect his mental health. Does he need to block his ex? I don't say that lightly, but it's something I think he needs to consider because if he doesn't, there could be further contact. And where is this further contact going to take Ben? Is he going to get his ex back at this stage? Is it even worth wanting to get his ex back? Because is his ex even the type of person which Ben should actually be wanting to be with? Yes, he's in love with her, but is she good for him? You know, again, these are thoughts and opinions that you will have. Share them in the comments. But what I have and what I believe is that Ben needs to move forward and find somebody even better than his ex. I think maybe blocking is the correct option to prevent any further intriguing things coming through which prevent Ben from moving forward. Now, I'm not here to say that Ben has to do this. Ben is his own man. Ben will make his own choice. But what I would be very fearful of is that this time next year, Ben has not met somebody else and instead is waiting around. Maybe he's had a few messages here and there, even during 2024. We don't know for certain, but my advice to Ben is to move forward make new connections, learn the lessons, and maybe to help your mental health, maybe 
you actually need to block her. You know, I'm so sorry, but it's come to this kind of end. But I'll leave you with the last few words, Ben. I mean, how do you feel about what I've just said? And, and where's your mind at right now? I, um, I, so I, I, I don't disagree with anything that you just said um, but, uh, at all. Um, the the hard, hard part is um, it's, it's confusing, and I want to keep this pretty succinct, but basically there was a couple of points during this two-year period where I just started to get myself back to normal and then I got prodded, which is what I'm calling it. Um, reminds me of the old Facebook posts, as I said to you before. But um, basically, like, I was getting myself back on track. And then I get this, you know, interaction from her or a reach out more so. Um, just depends what it was at the time. Um, so it kind of set me back a bit on a couple of occasions where I just started to sort of get myself back into a good um mental space and just you know really like I was in the frame of mind of if she comes back she comes back great if she doesn't then I'm, I'm okay um, I think the hard part is and I'm not going to get emotional about it um, because I've kind of passed that to a degree but I think the part that really hit me was I didn't have any confirmation that there was anyone else in the picture for this whole two year period so you know I don't know if there was or wasn't but I'll give her the benefit of the doubt and say that like at minimum she didn't jump into a rebound relationship, which ironically might have even been a better scenario for me, but, you know, she didn't do that. So I respect her for that. Um, but I think the confirmation through that email was kind of like just, uh, um, I don't want to make it sound dramatic and say the final nail in the coffin, but it was kind of like it was because it was kind of like the confirmation of, hey, there's now someone else involved and now she's basically categorically telling me I've moved on, which was a bit of a sucker punch. Um, so it kind of broke my heart all over again, to be fair, but like I'm not, I'm not like, I'm in a good place at the moment. Like I'm not in a bad place mentally or anything and my mental health and stuff, uh, my anxiety is you know, under control, it's come a long way um, in the last two years. Um, but what I was going to get to is I'm not disagreeing at all with what you're saying about blocking. I will tell you why I've, I've uh, hesitated to do that for this whole time was because I saw that personally as an emotional response. Um, and I thought if I go and block her on everything, especially early on, of course, I shut the door. But at the same time, it was also too, I didn't want to give her any emotional response to, apart from the initial communications, I didn't want to be doing a tit for tat kind of, you know, hey, I blocked you, I got you, you know, not saying that's what you're suggesting, I'm just saying that was my mentality. I don't want to show her an emotional response by blocking her own stuff. Um, and that was really what the main thing about it was. So one of my one of my things is in a nutshell is that I'm and I'm not blowing my trumpet here so to speak I'm someone that's very like um, I've been through quite a bit in my life and I've learned to really analyze stuff um, and I know a lot of people do that but the point that I want to make is I beat myself up about um, or I have in the last two years about my shortcomings and about where I went wrong and I think part of my thing is that I. I analyzed uh, what happened with her and I a lot and the reason I wanted to bring this up was because I just think it's important to point out that sometimes you've got to try not to or try to get to the point where you don't beat yourself up about your part you kind of take 
Um, so I've kind of got to a point right now where I've looked at it in the last two days and I've gone, I haven't gone back over emails or anything, but I've just looked at it and thought about it and gone, you know what? I've given her every single explanation for everything that she's asked about or brought up as being issues between us and I have addressed them and I have apologized when I needed to and when I was at fault, but I'm past the point now of apologizing for anything. And it wasn't like I was apologizing all the time, but I'm saying I've addressed issues that I know were issues with her and, I, and stuff that she's mentioned, but I'm not beating myself up anymore because I'm at the point where I'm like, you know what? I've covered it. I couldn't cover it. I, I couldn't give her any other answers because I've given her the same answers each time those particular points are brought up. But the point I want to make is that hopefully your listeners will get to the point where once they have addressed the um, problems in the relationship early on and taken accountability for those and laid that out, they don't need to do that again and again because that's where you can really beat yourself up and analyze it and analyze it and analyze it and get yourself into a pretty horrible mind frame by going, I stuffed up, I stuffed up, it's all my fault, I did this, I did that. That's all I want to say. That's really powerful, Ben. You know, thank you so much for that. And it's important, listeners. Yes, take accountability, but don't beat yourself up forevermore. If you need to apologise, then do so. Take accountability for what's necessary. Improve and then draw a line in the sand and then move forward with your life. It's very, very good advice from Ben there. So thank you, Ben. Thank you so much for sharing your story, your advice and what you've learned. And I'm really, really excited for you in the future because I think it starts now. You know, you've had two years of hell and now I believe your life can truly begin with you moving forward, hopefully in a way where you can slowly but surely start to understand there are other options out there for you who are going to be what I believe to be more authentic. So thank you again, Ben, and, and good luck in the future.